0: This show is part of the Darkmore Podcast Network. To join our community discord or see more content from our members, visit darkmorepodcasts.com.
1: My name is Steven, and I play Alric Orman, a Gnome Ranger, Hexblade Warlock, and Chief Arrow of the Warden Scout in Nui Sotales. And this is Advantage.
0: Last time in episode 2.29, the Unknown Associates took to the skies on Nexby's flying skiff that they named the Tyrant's Bane. Leaving behind a mess in Hawa Rum, they've briefly stopped to chart a course to their next destination. It's a full day's flight to the Azure Keep, so they'd best get started. And that's where we'll pick up. Gotta get some good, hand okay. friction going on. All right, one, two, so next we tosses our bag into the cockpit. Alright, we ready to go? Uh, everybody give me a constitution save. DC 15.
2: Oh yeah, I rolled a 15. Let's see here.
3: Holy <laughs> Jesus. So 17.
1: 19.
3: 7. This
1: is the difference in using those fantastic dark silver forge... Uh, I'm literally
3: going to Dark Silver Forge right now because- I rolled a 10.
1: Sarah's been suffering this whole time because she's been using her computer instead of her amazing Dark Silver Forge dice.
3: Yeah, I-
1: Which she lost in a move along with her old microphone.
3: I think they might be on my storage unit, but it truly, truly, I I miss- I I have made one roll above 10 in the past, like, four rolls, and it was a 12- so yeah, it's time.
0: Um, as you're browsing online and using the code ADVANTAGEDND, all caps, no spaces to earn 10% off your purchase.
3: I'm not browsing, I know what I want.
0: <laughs> Morlinde, you and Grimton realize that you suddenly got a P.
4: <laughs> oh, hold on, pee. I have to drain the main vein, if you will. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Old man bladder, huh? <laughs> I think so.
3: Well, me Wait. too, though.
0: You got to work on your kegels. Both of you. All right. We'll get ready to go.
3: I
4: pronounce it kegels.
0: Both of you describe uh, the spot where you wander off to. Keep in mind that you're on we, like the side of a mountain.
3: Yeah, I was gonna say we're on a mountain, right? So I just like kind of find a, a a tall rock to go squat behind, so I don't wander off too far. Perfect.
4: I'm gonna pee off the side of the mountain, Joe. Excellent. Good choices.
3: Yeah, I, ha- I have a I have a good a, a good squat. I see a goat. Like, I make eye contact with a goat while I'm peeing. That wasn't the most comfortable situation, Um, but it's fine.
0: Actually, Morlinde, as you're leaving yourself, you're looking at the goat, and then you hear the flapping of massive wings. You see the shadow of a massive humanoid, um, and the goat looks up and runs away. Give me a stealth check.
3: A A stealth pee check? Oh, thank God. Okay, I got my first decent roll from this. Uh, 16.
0: You're able to like, tilt your head and crane your neck backward toward the origin of the source of the shadow. But instead of seeing a giant, you see a terrible winged beast. Uh, It's got the wingspan of like a condor, but far, far more sinister. It's feathers glint blood red and midnight blues. More terrifyingly, its head is the bone white skull of a bull caribou. What? Its head moves swiftly as it searches for you. You estimate there to be, like, a dozen antler points on this rack. And it flies off to go presumably chase after that goat.
3: Moralinde quickly finishes her business and stealthily sneaks back to the boat uh, to alert everybody of what I just saw.
0: You wander back to Tyrant's Bane.
3: Uh, so... There was a huge bird thing with a, with, a, with a big like skull helmet with horns and it was like nothing I've ever seen. It was giant. It was-
1: Google Perryton.
3: Whoa.
1: Wait, I want to Google it. How do you spell
0: that? P-E-R-Y-T-O-N.
3: Whoa, it's so cool. So you said it had like the wingspan of like a condor?
0: A condor's wingspan is about ten feet.
3: <laughs> That's dope. It had it, it had these almost fiery-looking feathers, and but it still had like a deer skull on it. I'm really confused as to what it was, but it looked mean. So we should probably get out of here.
2: Let's get out of here then. Deal. Wait, Hop where's
3: in. Uh, Oh, he peed off the side of the mountain. Is he back yet?
2: Grimton, you wander
0: up.
3: All right, Con. You're
0: unaware of this whole. Perryton incident.
4: <laughs> I give it one good last shake and I decide to give up on the effort and be like, ah, it'll be fine.
3: <laughs> That's more details than I ever wanted.
0: Alright, everybody buckled in, safety first. Yep. yep.
3: Ready to go. Buckled in. Two thumbs Buckle. up.
4: You know, back in my day we didn't have these fancy seat belts.
3: Yeah, and you guys all died.
2: Did your parents like cut them out of the the cart?
4: <laughs> no, they just they just weren't a thing.
0: So the skiff's wings extend to a, like a three quarters position. As this craft lifts straight up off the ground, uh, you see Nexby give the stick in her right hand a little twist and you begin to yaw, um, which is when you turn directly on a vertical axis. You begin to yaw facing now the open valley below. And with her left hand, she shifts into a forward gear. The wings begin to flap, causing an uncomfortable bobbing movement. And then when there's enough speed, she pushes the throttle into soar and the wings level out, only flapping once every few seconds. And it's surprisingly peaceful.
4: Hmm.
0: The clouds of feudal giants stay clung to the mountains, allowing the sun to shine down into the Valley of Kala as it stretches east before you. Grimton, your eyes look toward the mountain range to the north. On its summit, you see the unmelting ice spires of the Palace of Winter glint in the sunlight.
4: There she is, the Palace of Winter. I say like, kind of pointing. I guess it'd be above
0: us? It'd be above. Wow. It's made entirely of blue ice and where the sun is positioned, like it's just gleaming straight through this impressive keep lots of spires it feels it looks very uh crystalline and like upside down icicles i think what other fun palace or castle features do you see on this
1: it has cool um like gothic elements to it i dig it yeah um, very ornate like
3: yeah flamboyantly like
1: ornate and and it's it's a weird mix of like cuz some of the some of the like spires are more like stalactite stalagmite Looking Like, they look just like big icicles. Like, some parts of it are a lot more ornate. So you have this, like, weird mix of
2: sort of, like, natural formation
1: um, as compared to, like...
2: On the idea of the the more elegant and sculpted, some of it being almost stained Mm glass-like. Yeah! Ooh, yeah!
3: But we're still sticking in that, like, almost... Uh, crystal color looking mm-hmm. color scheme, yeah? So everything's like yeah. those light yeah. blues, lilacs, blue greens.
4: There is a persistent sound. It's just a hollow, like booming moan, just like as if a- winter went, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Keep in mind that from your position, where you are right now, this is still miles away from you. And so that speaks to something incredibly terrifyingly arcane that this mm-hmm. the history of this terrible moaning is you reaching you where you are right now. Also, th-
1: if we're miles like this castle is huge. Even from our even from like a good vantage like the clarity with which we're able to make this out um bespeaks just the sheer magnitude of this place.
4: When the gods drove out the primordials, Kala Uh, decided to stay on the cusp and rule from her seat in the palace of winter she imposed upon the cusp the forever winter which was like it sounds kind of awful and uh (laughs) suppressing to to everyone on the cusp cold as heck yells Nexby. because of this the beings on the cusp and the primal spirits decided to usurp her from her seat stormhawk leading the charge and throwing her from her throne But the Raven Queen, seeing an opportunity here, swooped in and fell Kala and took over her domain as the goddess of winter, thus becoming the goddess of death and winter. So that's where the moan came from. From that moment forward, uh, the gods, though able to have some influence on the cusp, were too afraid to uh, express or flex that power too much because they knew that the cusp had its own defenses.
0: Wow, they should write like a whole story arc about that sort of conflict between the primal spirits (laughs) and the high gods. That would be really interesting. That would
3: be, wouldn't it?
0: Now you said your grandpa had something to do with the winter, what's what's the story
4: there? Uh, There was a caravan traveling through the mountains. Gorbring was tasked with defending them and because of a mix of raiding orcs and the giants from the giant land, the only place they could seek refuge after the battle with the orcs was the palace of winter, which not ideal, but he was able to maintain everyone in high spirits and keep everyone alive, despite the forebodingness of the palace of winter. And thus the palace of winter became not only where death conquered winter, but we're going bring battle death. That was
0: very. Ooh. Wait, like metaphorically
4: or metaphorically? Not like she, not like he fought the Raven Queen.
0: <laughs> 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 that would be the coolest thing. It would be the coolest thing. I want.
3: <laughs> hey, can
0: one of y'all, y- you four, look like some serious adventurers? Says Nextbe, knowing can that. Can we be go serious battle adventures. death? Is that what you're trying to tell us to do? Can you go literally battle death? Well,
3: I don't I mean, know if that's on the top of our priorities right now. It's not a no, next Nexby. It's definitely not a no. Yeah,
0: that's more like an arc four situation. It's it's not
2: a it's not a if but
3: it's a, a win. It's a not right now. <laughs> to be fair, that was
4: a while ago. He might have literally fought the Raven Queen for all I know. We all choose to accept it as metaphor.
0: Don't let the truth get in the way of a good story, Grimton. <laughs> Alaris, when was the last message that you sent to mei what did it say?
2: Not anything particular, it was more talking about like our trip through the highway tunnel, talking about like the coffee and whatnot. Okay, so this would have been like, I guess literally last night. Wow. (laughs) Time
0: is weird.
3: Time is weird.
0: Yeah, busy day. Dated three days ago, in character this may or may not be the first time that you're reading this, I presume not, is written in mei script. script. In my life I've been so many places in the Washed Forest. Isitalos, Greenfields, Meridi, Barricade, Fish Camp, Shai Seren. Your bravery has inspired me. I have decided to leave my apartment in Letrus in order to see more of the Cusp. Niavan has agreed to allow me passages on the Deathbringer on our way to Havenmere. Alaris, in five days I'll be in the Azure Keep. I want to see where you studied. And the places that have shaped and influenced you. From there, maybe I'll go to the Springwood. Maybe I'll visit Temple. There's so much of this world for me to explore. Right back soon, Maylin. And if your math is right, Maylin will be in the Azure Keep in two more days from today. Uh, you could guess that right now she's somewhere on the road between Havenmere and
2: Azure Keep. So she'll probably be there, like, right whenever we get there, or shortly after. Nice. That'll be nice.
0: Now, because of the way that I am exposing this to the record and to you, Zach, right now for the first time, this also implies that, because this is dated three days ago, that Alaris has seen this and then not mentioned it to anybody. So I want to know, in retrospect, what Alaris was thinking in not Telling the rest of the party.
2: I guess it's not something that needed to be shared.
0: Yeah, fair. Necessarily. It's not really relevant to everyone else. And based off of what you said the contents of your last message were, you also didn't tell Mei Lin that you were on your way to the Azure Keep. Maybe I want it to be a surprise. Cute. That's just cute. I like it. cute, cute. Cute. <laughs> Down the middle of the Valley of Kala runs the cobbled southern route of the Trader's Path. Well worn from caravans of goods traveling between the Pandominion and Zdal on far opposite sides of Altair, the central continent. A wall extends into the valley from either side. Tall I-beams are mounted vertically forcing the merchants into like a single opening and you see miles from where you are miles of wagons on either side that are stalled in queue waiting to be inspected by customs enforcement agents and taxed. This process is expensive and tedious but it's far safer than risking a journey through the hinterlands.
3: Wow how many carts did you say the line was?
0: Like it stretches for miles. Jeez. On either side. So
3: people are waiting for days. And we're we're straight just flying over that.
1: Hey, should we like gain altitude?
3: <laughs> uh uh yes.
2: We probably should. Probably a little bit.
3: Yes, we should. We
2: don't want them thinking we're like a little dragon. We just
3: want to get high up enough that we look like the the weird birdie condori Le- deer uh, let's thing. Just,
2: can we go above the clouds?
0: Sure, we can try We'll take this thing up as high as it can go. We'll figure out what the ceiling is, if you insist.
1: Just, like, this is above the table, I guess. Like, a little scary in terms of, like, altitude with an open cockpit. Like, that's probably not safe.
4: Our seatbelts are fine. <laughs> no, I'm talking about <laughs> Breathing. <laughs>
3: I think it still should be fine. Oh. Yeah. Who needs to breathe? Oxygen
2: doesn't exist. How do the lungs work of non-human... Exactly. Who knows? Magic, Steven. It should be fine. This is how Joe kills us. We haven't
0: gotten into the, like, finer anatomies of humanoid
1: bodies. This is how Joe's going to kill us. We're not getting our heroic deaths.
0: (laughs) You all suffocate
1: and you die. Yeah, like, that is absolutely what's happening.
0: From this height, you can see, uh, securely walled off from the public, is a military base of substantial size. Uh, from this height, you can see down into it. Grimton, you see the factory where the Soul Forgers enchant amethyst hearts with necrotic magic and infuse them into Warforge constructs, defaming the very idea of life and shaming the sovereignty of the Allfather Moradin. Uh, This is obviously what? Maldo Keep. Maldo Keep, yep. There's also a parade ground of sorts in the middle of this compound uh, in which you see the amassed ranks of hundreds of individuals and a dozen or so wagons.
4: Down there, the lot of you, that's Maldo Keep. That's the place we tried to burn down and stop the production of Warforged, but it looks quite the opposite. I don't recall there being that many people here at any point.
3: Jeez.
0: Insights, please.
3: 16.
0: 19. 7. 13. Morlinda and Alaris, they're. Obviously preparing for something, but this is not an immediate threat. Like, that's probably the beginning stages of some sort of supply train. You can see that there are no beasts yoked to wagons yet. Uh, The figures standing in rank also seem to be compressed, uh, leaving much room on the parade ground.
3: It looks like they have room for more, and they're expecting more.
0: It looks like they're preparing for something big.
3: That's disconcerting. That's probably bad, yeah. What
0: would they be doing, says...
2: Next B. Well, um, if I was someone who was trying to, like, take over the world and was making an army of warforged, I'd probably be planning an invasion of some sort.
0: nextby asks, is her dearth in any, like, open conflict?
2: It is not. It's not like they have a war actively going on. Where would they be headed? I can think of a nation that's already at war and is probably pretty weak in its defenses on this side. Oh, man. Give me a history check, Alaris. 19.
0: You remember Erica Try saying that they've been finding her dearth and forged weapons in...
4: Kolgafir.
0: The Kolgafir
2: battles.
3: Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, they could also be gearing up to send reinforcements to um, Kolgafir and just shipping them out over there to help turn the tide of that war and gain a powerful ally across the sea.
4: That would... Makes sense, and I guess he's trying to remain or retain some sort of good standing with Pandominion. He's trying to hedge his bets, I guess, by not directly engaging them on their southern border, but still supporting Colgafir.
2: Right at this point, it's I did, I'm just selling to the highest bidder, not a direct use of force on their end, even though it really is.
4: But this is this is concerning, though. This volume here at Maldo Keep.
2: What if this isn't a mercenary
0: sort of action where her dearth is just selling weapons and uh, like being a part of the larger military-industrial complex? But like, what if it's more intentional? Like,
1: what if it what if it prompted the Kolgafirian government to invade in the first
2: place? Exactly. What if they're playing both sides to win in the end, and they're using the war to wear down both of them, and then they already have their warforged men in Kolgafir that are oh. still loyal to them and then they can take over Kolgafir as they attack the Pandominion,
4: Or take over the Pandaminion if both. Pandominion succeeds in...
2: Right. That but like as in... It. But, like if, if Kolgafir wins it's going to be directly because they get Warforged. Help. And they'll probably be weakened in their own forces and the Warforged are still going to be loyal to Herdirth, regardless in grace under Like they're never... They're not actually going to be part of the Kolgafir forces. They're part of... Under's forces. Oh. The whole time.
0: Up to this point, or at least the last time you saw Erica Try, uh, she did not mention any reports of actual Warforged being found in Colga Fear right. battles.
3: Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, because they don't wanna <laughs> they don't want to reveal that hand.
2: That's scary stuff.
0: Next B says, so is that's the case, if they were planning to on like invading from this direction, from the south up into the Pandominion, they'd be going east kind of in the direction that we are eventually. And if they were going to go to Colgathir, where do you think they would be marching this mass of weapons? Like-
4: they'd have to be marching them straight up toward, yeah, straight through defeat. So-
2: yeah, probably just straight up north to the closest area that they can launch ships from. And then they've just got like a fleet of transport vessels or something? If all of this is being done by things that don't need to eat or sleep. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah,
3: they can just go. Then
2: they can just go wherever. They just go on the desert, go across. They don't need like a port or anything. They can just, they can even take the boats with them and carry them across the desert, honestly. The
4: thought of a miles long caravan of marching soldiers that need no sleep or to stop to eat straight through defeat is kind of unnerving.
2: (laughs) It's a very unsettling
0: thought. As you continue your flight east, you can see miles ahead where the mountains of the Winter Ridge and the cloud-capped Peaks taper off into the rolling hills of the Sun Plains. They're all bathed in beautiful purples and reds as the sun sets behind you. Grimton and Alaris, you enter the Pandominion, the Empire whose flag you represent as special legionnaires, and you ponder its political genesis story. The Pandominion was formed a mere century and a half ago with the unification of maybe a dozen feudal kingdoms. It's a relatively new uh, in comparison to the ancient cities of Her Dearth. Have the Pandominion and Her Dearth ever sat down to communicate official territorial borderlines? Right here, where the river Nogalar turns east toward Havenmere, this has marked the historical boundary of the kingdom of Ferdirth. But how much of that line has been actually codified into international law, and how much is enforced merely by adherence to traditional claims?
4: Has Norbold been in power for 150 years?
0: No. Okay. Norbald, being current king, Grace Under, the tyrant.
4: Yes. At least not recently they haven't sat down and talked about it. I'm gonna roll a history
2: check. I want to say they did sit down together. Right whenever Pandominion first came together, took it upon themselves. They just did all this work to unite. They did it to, to reach out to other kingdoms and also protect their borders.
0: You know what? That does make sense to you because the impetus that brought the feudal kingdoms together as the Pandominion Uh, was with the help of the god Arathus, who's the deity over uh, law and order and civilization. So to have some sort of codified language to establish an international borderline like that would make sense to you, Alaris. Yeah. Hey friends, it's Joe. So glad you're here with us for episode 2.30. We hope that you're enjoying this aerial tour of the cusp. I'm so thankful that the party finally has their flag skiff. The new mobility is a great plot tool, obviously, but what I'm most excited for is just the vast amount of land that they can cover. What an easy way to just casually explore the cusp. I would highly recommend going to look at our maps at advantagedndcom world so that you can follow along on their journey. In the last episode, we announced a mutual aid program for our listeners during the global pandemic. Uh, if you are in a financially desperate situation where you have to make difficult choices between going to work and being evicted from your residence or starving without groceries, let us help you. Advantage is offering financial aid to as many people as we can afford. With the help of an incredible anonymous donor who has agreed to match whatever we can give, Advantage can now offer 20 US dollars to the first 20 people who ask for it. It's not much, but we can help ease the burden of having to put food on the table. We will do what we can. Right now, we have a significant amount of money remaining in our coffers, and we want to encourage anybody who is at all concerned with their finances to reach out. Make sure your Venmo and your Cash App or PayPal is up and running, and then contact us via Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, email, whatever, and let us help you. We love our audience, and we believe in the power of mutual aid. Thank you to each and every single one of our patrons who have helped build our budget up to a point where we can afford to give back to our audience and also cover the cost of our own operations. We know that our patrons are kind people who see value in this mutual aid program that we're setting up. One of those generous people is our newest friend, Lena, who we had the absolute joy of meeting the other night during a recording session. We hope you've laughed along with the past two episodes of Steven's Disadvantage series. We intended on making that patron-only content, but also making sure people don't go stir-crazy seems more important at the moment. He's had fun editing those and writing their music. Korman Audio has also given us new music to use on the main series, including tracks in this episode, in addition to the regular Overture by Blake Bost. If you have an opportunity, we would love your help growing our audience, and we encourage you to find a podcasting app that allows you to leave reviews. Five-star ratings make the show more findable for everybody. Finally, The Darkmoor Podcast Network is full of hilarious shows for you to enjoy during this plague. The Misadventures, Fun But Why, How Friends Roll, Playing Out of Character, they're all wonderful companions of ours. There's a link to our DPN Discord channel down in the doobly-doo.
2: Did you know that there are other tabletop games than Dungeons and Dragons?
0: Well, my name is Gavin, and I'm the host of Playing Out of Character an actual play podcast that showcases different indie game systems. We play all these indie tabletops using goofs and spooks to tell our stories. Arc 1 features an improvisational take on Urban Shadows. Next up is Shadows of the Demon Lord. If that piques
1: your interest, look for Playing Out of Character, a Darkmoor podcast show on your favorite podcatcher.
0: All right, let's get back to the show. Thank you. Nexby turns the skiff north, now displaying the panorama of scrub wastes that blend the green sun plains into the craggy buttes and pinnacles of the hinterlands. You can make out a small herd of pronghorn on the run from a pack of some sort of wild dog, jackal hyena, something like that. Up ahead, miles in the distance, you see the specks of a tiny village on the edge of what in the depth of twilight, at least, looks like an inky black lake. You know that can't be right. There's not a lake on the map. Uh, give me a survival check, Morlinde and Ulrich, and uh, um. whatever proficiency and whatever you want, Alaris, uh, to know what this place
3: is. I got 18.
0: I also got 18. I got 16. Morlinde and Ulrich, you two are sitting right next to each other and like passing the map back and forth. And the maps say that this village you're coming up to is called Battle, but there's no signs of a lake on the map at all. And Alaris, this stumps you too, but you realize it could not be a lake. So what is that pit? Do you know anything
2: about Battle? I I do know about Battle because it's the town next door. That pit is probably where they mine the marble. It's a quarry where they mine marble to uh, send back to the Azure Keep black from years of just use.
0: It's just a its a very deep pit. That's fair. It, it's twilight, so the also. shadows are... Right. You're
2: saying that it is just dark and the pit is deep enough because the quarry has been used for so long that you just... That is all dark on the top. You see
4: darkness. You right. can't see right. deep
2: enough right. into it to get back down to the marble. As you get
0: closer, you see in uh, lantern light the very depths of the open pit mine, and you can make out the scaffolding that line the walls of the quarry. Uh, blocks of clean white stone are being hauled in ox carts yoked to bollocks. In an open field of caravans and tents can only be merchants setting up for uh, a stopover along the northern route of the trader's path, and from here you can easily make out their many tiny campfires offering safety uh, gleaming into the night. You see a single massive marble tower that stands tall above the village, uh, like an unlit lighthouse whose lens is focused directly vertical into the sky. Alars, what else do you know about battle? What is this tower? Is that
2: the beacon? That's the beacon. The quarry sometimes becomes under attack from raiding, like, orcs and bandits and stuff, and the the griffin cavalry beacon signals for them to come and help from the Azure Keep so they can ward off the attacks.
4: Pandemic has uh, Griffin cavalry. Yes. That's so cool.
0: It is pronounced Cavalry. Calvary is the place where Jesus is crucified. Cavalry is the Mounted Soldiers. Cavalry. Yes. Oh, or... I'll probably
4: forever pronounce it.
0: <laughs> it's a Dwarven dialect. <laughs> cavalry. The Beacon suddenly erupts with a powerful beam of white light focused directly upward, eventually disappearing into the murky darkness of the astral sea above you. Uh, Nexby turns around and asks, what's going on down there? Uh, give me perception checks.
1: Uh,
3: I mean...
0: Six. It's dark. Ten. Fifteen.
3: Can I roll with advantage because I have dark vision?
0: No, that's not how it works. It means you don't take a penalty.
3: Ugh, <laughs> uh, fine. Okay, nine.
0: Uh, Alaris and Grimton, you hear people shouting and uh, you see them running for cover. Um, Grimton, you can see that those in caravans out in the field are sprinting to find any safety. Alaris, you can't see any orc marauders raiding the caravans or and you don't hear the thundering of war wagons storming toward battle. Both of you give me insight rolls.
4: I mean, I think I know why they're running, but...
0: Eight. Eleven. Uh, Grimton, what's your prediction on why they're running? Hey, Nexby,
4: I think we scared
0: them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we look like a dragon. (laughs) What, Alaris, can you expect now that the beacon has been lit?
4: Griffins.
0: Griffins. You are searching the eastern sky, a lot of you, looking for the griffin cavalry. Uh, Alaris... You know that they normally dispatch a full three dozen Cavaliers in response to the <gasps> If they misidentify the Tyrant's Bane as a dragon and a gauge in force, there is little chance of survival. Oh, that's uh, not
2: good. Um, I think we might want to land. I am fast.
3: Won't they just land?
2: But then they'll just attack us on land. Are we gonna try to run away? No, listen-
0: Yeah, we need to get out but, of the sky. Listen, like, maybe we just engage with the griffin cavalry, not as combatants, but as signals of peace and try to communicate with them, perhaps, that, oh, we're not a threat. This isn't a real dragon. That's also fine.
4: We do have our gorges. That's true. Like if they get close, once they get close, they'll be able to see that we're special Legionnaires.
0: I've seen you do like fun light up tricks with like sparks and shit before Lars. Come on, you look like can you not come up with
2: something here? Sure, to... you're right. That was, that was that was scared Alaris talking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're better than this, Alaris. Come on. You're a plan guy. Come I mean, up with a plan.
2: When well, you
4: remember, they deployed three dozen uh, griffin cavalry. It's, it's a little frightening. <laughs> yeah. Um...
2: Are they getting close? Can we see them? You can't see the approaching threat through
0: uh, the dark of the night, though you know it comes. And you know that it normally takes about 10 or 15 minutes for the griffin cavalry to make it to battle. So if you're heading one way and they're heading the other and all right i'm just gonna uh, at what point will these two forces clash
2: can i just make a big light message in the sky with prestidigitation <sighs> sure give me some more details on what that message is we come in peace signed special General laris does
0: anybody else have any things that y'all want to add on to this light up bright message
1: i'm curious to see how we come in peace goes You don't want to say, we're not a dragon? I mean, we
3: could be a peaceful dragon to them. I don't see why that's an issue. Don't
2: shoot. We're not a dragon.
4: That's what a dragon would say.
2: (laughs) I don't think a dragon is shooting giant light shows in the sky. I
3: think that's exactly what a dragon would do.
0: Exactly, Morlanday. Thank you.
1: Have you ever seen a dragon breathe fire? What is that? Also, though, how often do dragons refer to themselves in plural? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Have you ever heard of a fleet of dragons? You ever seen that in the sky? It's terrifying. I've never
0: seen it, but I've heard legend. <laughs> okay, so what exactly, word for word, does this message look like that you're projecting into the air, Alaris? How about, we'll? I'll just say, we are not a dragon. <laughs> we are not a dragon. Winky face. <laughs> dubious. Um... Does anybody else have anything that they want to contribute to this message? Because otherwise, it's just going to go off of Alaris's um, persuasion role.
3: Um,
0: Or perhaps deception role, if you really are a dragon.
2: I've been a dragon the whole time.
3: Are you sure we can't just go back to the the, the we come in peace?
2: You can do both. I'll do both.
3: Let's do both.
2: With
0: Morlinde's contribution and... uh, Polaris, roll a persuasion check, and then Morlinde also roll a persuasion check, and uh, if it's over 10, let me know. That's cool. 15.
3: A, hey, not 20.
0: Boom. As you're casting this message high up into the air, you can see uh, the griffin cavalry begin like circling you. At this point, they're just like dark spots of black up against a black sky. Very, very uh, difficult to make them out specifically. But you, c- as it get closer, the griffin cavalry is dressed in a steel plate that gleams now in the moonlight. A great sword and a heater shield are strapped to their back and in their hands, they wield a composite recurve bow. The winged full helms resemble their mounts and the griffins wear... Chain masks over their bridles. Azure horse cloaks flow off of their flanks.
2: Do I know anyone in the griffin cavalry? (laughs) Yeah, what is their name? Andrew. Perfect. Do I need a last name too?
0: No, not necessarily. If you're on a first name basis, go for it. Yeah.
2: There you go. Are they close enough now? Andrew! Hey, Andrew! (laughs) Is there an Andrew?
0: (laughs) Next beat reins the dragon in and like stops the wing flapping. So it's just, it's in that hover mode, you know? The griffin cavalry on all sides is coming in closer and closer and you hear a uh, commander in the front yell something like, hold your fire, soldiers. Hey,
2: is Andrew there? It's Alaris.
4: Special Legionnaire Alaris.
2: Special Legionnaire Alaris with Special Legionnaire Grimton.
3: Sounds like y'all are about to drop your next album.
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> very strange, awkward silence
0: going on right now. Can you both give me a persuasion check?
3: Yikes.
2: Six. Uh, 15. Wait, don't I get
0: advantage? Yes, you do. You do get advantage because you're both wearing your gorgets. Oh, even better.
3: Nice. This
0: is like the first time these have been (laughs) useful. 13. You both see one of the mounts circle to the front, get in front of the, the leader, and, like, they're obviously talking about something. And then that mount goes forward and says, Alaris? Yep. Steady hand wh- what the hell is this? Uh, it's our new ship. Hey, Andrew, I didn't know I knew you. And who's this? Grimton City Hand. Oh. What are you doing on this ship? And at this point, like, you can see the leader coming forward as well to engage in this conversation. The rest of the rank and file... Just kind of go into like a relaxed position, like an at ease, Mm -hmm. yeah.
4: Well, we're here for as character witnesses for the Turner Colonel try.
0: Okay, um, this is the fastest way to get here. That's pretty nonchalant of you to say when you just pull up in a flying dragon robot thing.
4: Well, we didn't have griffins,
3: it's not a dragon,
0: ma'am. Can you look down at the craft that you're on and tell me straight face, that this is not a dragon?
3: I mean, it is composed of dragon pieces. It's not a dragon.
0: Can you understand the concern, ma'am, that we've had? The notifications and messages that we've received talking about the fear of a dragon over battle? Was there a lot of
3: them? Is
4: there a way to, like, register this thing? Yeah, can we get, like, a... Is there like, a ground control we should be in touch with?
2: <laughs> we tried to come in at night whenever it was, uh... whenever no one would notice...
4: <laughs> so as not to cause a panic.
2: We're sorry. This thing means no harm. It's only got four guards on it.
4: Well, listen, <laughs> as much as I'd love to, like, stay up here and waste taxpayer money, we should probably land, right?
2: Yeah. how about you guys just escort us in? We'll answer all your questions. We just want... I just want to get home. Yeah, okay. <laughs> how fast can you go? Fast enough. Decently fast.
3: Fast enough <laughs> to get the hell out of here.
4: Fast than you. <laughs>
3: oh.
0: You want to race? Let me tell you what. The squadron leader looks at you... Legionnaire steady hand. if you want to make that a challenge.
4: Yeah, I want to put your money where your beak is, son.
0: You really got me there, <laughs> old man. If you can beat me to the Azure Keep, I won't write you a ticket for disturbing the peace. What's your jurisdiction? <laughs> What's your jurisdiction? Pan Dominion Soldier. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Nextby turns around at the pair of you, like, wide-eyed and terrified. Uh-huh. All right, Nexby, let's really open it up. Who wants to take their bra off and drop it to the ground to signal the start of this race? <laughs> kind of Fast and it. Furious style. Yes. <laughs> Special Legionnaire, will you do the honors? <laughs>
3: Is that really how Fast and Furious works?
0: That's wh- Yeah, that's like one of the starts of the races in oh. the Fast and the Furious, right?
3: I've never I've never seen those movies.
0: The first one's like the only one where they actually do racing. Is that
3: really what happens, though? Somebody literally drops their bra? Yeah. Oh my god. God.
0: They, yeah. they go in front of the cars and they reach yeah. behind and take their bra off and then <laughs> hold it up and drop
4: it's it. It's a different world, Sarah. It was a different it, world. You're
0: not a racer, Sarah. You wouldn't get it.
3: Was that movie written by 12-year-olds? Yes. All of
0: them were.
4: They still are.
3: <laughs>
0: Yes,
4: we're having this conversation
3: with the Griffin.
0: Cup. So anyway, yep. says uh, Squadron Leader. All right, Legionnaire, steady hand. Will you drop your bra?
4: It's gonna take me a second to doff my greaves, but give me a sec. <laughs> well, wait.
0: This is important for all sorts of racing. So
4: I take off my underwear. <laughs> oh,
0: you're doing your, You're not wearing a bra. I don't have a brazier. I really like the idea that <laughs>
4: oh, of Grimton wearing a. Br-
0: <laughs> yeah, Grimton's just wearing a bra underneath.
4: So I take off my bra.
0: It's flirtatious, as is the nature of the beginning of these races. That's the whole point, after all.
4: Grimton bends over the edge of yes, Tyrant's <laughs> Fane. You ready, soldiers? You gonna count us down or what? Three, two, one. And I drop it.
3: Give, Give it, it the beans. beans! Give it the
0: beans! <laughs> and that's where we're gonna stop the recording.
3: <laughs> oh my god.
4: <laughs>
3: that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard.
4: I give it one good last shake and I decide to give up on the effort and be like, ah, it'll be fine.
3: (laughs) That's more details than I ever Um, wanted.
0: Give me another constitution saving throw, (laughs) Grimpton. That's an eight.
3: (laughs) Maybe he's not going to make it. Your
0: old man prostate bladder is, um, it, it feels like you've done a significant enough job until you like tuck it away. And then, Oh, turns out that there was some kind of still up in the channel. Mm. Uh, And everybody give me a perception check. Nine. Ten.
3: Uh, sixteen.
0: Merlinda, you can definitely see that there's a little bit of wet spot on the uh, inside of Grimton's trousers. Uh,
1: uh, uh. So, it's not something I can see, it's something I can hear. There's just, like, the faint, it sounds like, like, singing of, like, a holy order, just going, like... Let it go. Let it go. I hate that. I hate this. I hate this. I hate this.
3: (laughs) Please do
0: not sue us, Disney. No, they
3: they will. Exactly. The one entity I will not challenge. (laughs) Yes,
1: they will absolutely sue us. Um, No, okay. I definitely take that back. Please. That can be in the, like, B-roll, but don't don't put that in. (laughs) It is
0: pronounced... Cavalry? Calvary is the place where Jesus is crucified. Cavalry is the mounted soldiers. Cavalry, yes. Yeah, so. Oh,
4: I'll probably forever pronounce it. Yeah.
0: No. It's a dwarven dialect. <laughs> Cavalry.
4: English is my second language. I, I get a pass.
0: You, got you were born in California.
4: <laughs> yeah, but like the first six years of my life were in El Salvador, really.
0: Yeah, sidebar, I came up with the idea of the Griffin Cavalry, like, years and years ago in the first draft of world building. I thought it was a really cool and unique idea to have this, like, super elite squadron of mounted cavaliers, something akin to, like, macho fighter pilots on an Air Force base. And then in writing this episode, it turns out that, like, that not only was that a fun idea in name, um, but it's also a fun idea in concept, and both are actually canonically used by Wizards of the Coast and the Faerun lore which is lame because I thought I was being super unique uh, but I guess not
4: (laughs) are they all going to have like really dark goggles and like rings of sending like I got one on my six goose
2: (laughs) (laughs) yes very top gun so slight sidebar all my friends at work um, the word fleet has become an inside joke because we were one day we were just randomly talking about fleets. And on Google it said that a fleet is three ships or hundreds of ships. So there's no in between. Ambiguous. Oh, no I love no it. in between. It's either three or hundreds. So we talk about that fairly regularly. <laughs> it's like uh, how many ships you got? Nine? That's three fleets. Or it's one fleet. <laughs> that's three fleets. Or yep, hundreds. That's, the one that's fleet. just one.
4: That's the one fleet. <laughs>
2: I guess it'd be a flock of dragons <laughs> if they're. If you flooring. got a hundred ships, that's that's thirty-three fleets and a ship, <laughs> like, <laughs> and one extra. I feel like
4: calling a group of dragons a flock is a
0: little a mi- a, kind of a misnomer. Yeah. It really takes the power out of them. <laughs> it's a flock of dragons. Uh, yes, see, I think it's I think it's interesting that to you the dragon's power is in its penis. Or in its sexual capability.
1: <laughs> hey, so they're neutering wait, A group of dragons I don't understand. Yeah, obviously. is also called a thunder of dragons, for what it's worth. I thought it was called a horde. Huh. According to Google, Miriam Webster has
4: contributed into this or See? something. Thunder of dragons. Very phallic, very strong. Uh, a group this of dragons is,
1: like is called a thunder of dragons. Too much.
4: <laughs> Can you.